We're starting from a couple lines down here where the Mishnah said, So we're speaking about different cases where um, there's some suffix about what exactly happened in the damage. Did the damage come from the ox? Maybe the, maybe the damaged ox just slipped, slipped by itself. Maybe there were two oxen who were running owned by different people. We're not sure which owner is responsible. Then finally, we're going to analyze the last case, which is where you have two oxen belong to one person and you know that one of the oxen did the damage. That, but you're not sure which of the ox. So the mission basically said, like, it's irrelevant. Like, the, the guy's going to have to pay. But the language that the mission used, okay, I don't know which ox it is, but I know I have to pay. But the language the mission used is that both of them are liable. Both of the oxen are liable. So the Gemara challenges that. Should we conclude from here that if, let's say, I have one of two Tom oxen that did damage, the Nizza can collect either from this one or from this one. That's what the Gemara is trying to say, is that the Mishnah is alluding to the possibility that if, let's say, one of the oxen gets lost, then the Nizza can, can choose to collect from the other one as well. But that's a very difficult Chiddush, because you can only collect Mikufo, and it's a suffix which one it is. So if they're both there, I come at the guy and I say, one of the two oxen is mine, give me, which, give me one. But if one of them is lost, so now I say, maybe this is the one that did the damage, and he says, maybe it's not. So if they're both there in front of him, so then he could say, you know, the Nezik has the right to say, one of two oxen are mine, give it to me. But once one goes, once he's gone, let's say one of them got lost or it died, how in the world is he going to be able to collect from either one? And Pasha, that's what the Mishnah is alluding to. So the Gemara says, no, we're dealing with oxen that were muad. So when it's muad, you don't collect from that from the shah itself. So it doesn't really matter if the shah gets lost. It's the it's a, you, your government aliyah just from the, any possessions itself. So therefore, it doesn't really matter if one got lost. Gemara, even muad. If we're dealing with muad and ima seifa, the end of the mission said if one of the ox was large and one was small, and the dispute is which ox did the damage. The nizik is claiming that it was a large ox. And the damager is saying no, it was the nizik. So even if you're collecting the value of the damage from any property. He has not just from the oxen because you're not talking about you're not talking about short time, you're talking about short muad. Then what are they arguing about? Of course, it's obvious, right? So, so because at the end, to make two or by the shulme, the, the nizik's gonna have to the, the mazik will have to pay the value of the complete ox. Meaning, if, if we know the value of the damage, then who do we care? What what difference does it make if we don't know which ox did the damage? If you're collecting from Tom, from Igufo, from the animal, then it's very good, even if it's let's say a hundred dollars worth of uh, worth of nazik. But I want to know, am I collecting from this ox or this ox? Enough community would be. Let's say that well, the small ox is only worth thirty dollars. It makes a huge difference to know which ox did that damage. But if I'm if talking about Muwadin or collecting anyways, then there shouldn't be any any relevance um, about whether it was the big one or small one. So Amalei, you're right. Seifa, but Tom, we We have to give a forced answer. We say the Seifa is talking about Tom, that case. But the Reisha, where, it's, where, where we know it was one of the two of the same owner that did the damage, where the Mishnah is saying they are both liable, that part of the Mishnah was talking about Muwadin. Says the Gemara, they are they, meaning the oxen, are liable. Chayav, Gavrim, Baile, should say in the singular that the person, the owner, is liable because it's got nothing to do with the oxen. It's not being nigla migufa, it's government aliyah. The two, furthermore, my shenem, what does the mission mean? Both of them are liable. The word both is superfluous because the point is that if it's mulad, so you know the amount of damage, it really makes no difference. The fact that there are two animals and you're not sure which one is doing the damage because you're not collecting from the animals anyway. So the Gemara, therefore, totally refutes what Ravashi wants trying to do. We go back. Of course, we're talking about Tommen. If we're talking about Tommen, so we got to figure this out now. It's saying they, the Tommen oxen, are liable. So let's figure this out. It seems to be saying that if one of them were to get lost, you'd still be allowed to collect from the other one. But how could that be? That's Shver Chedesh. You can say, What's going on is as follows. Rabbi Akiva, Tommen, Shotun, Ninu. We're going like Rabbi Akiva, that autumn member of Rabbi Akiva Shita. It's not just that you collect from, from the Gufashar. 
automatically after the damage occurs, the Nizik owns a share in the Mazik's animal. What the Mishnah is saying is, because both of the oxen are around, that's why um, that's why he could collect. The damager cannot push him away. If both of them would not be here, let's say one of them would get lost, then... Then the Mazda can say, Zil died to the proof that this ox is the one that damaged you, and then I will pay. In other words, the lamas that we're saying is that since Rabbi Akiva holds that the Nizik, the way he gets paid back is that he becomes an owner in the ox, so if one ox is lost, so then the new the Nizik is, is going to, it could be claimed against the Nizik that your compensation was lost. So if only one of the two is present, say, and when he, get, he would not get paid. That's goofa what the Mishnah is alluding to. If they're both in the same person, they're both liable, meaning only in the situation where both of the oxen are there can he collect anything. But if it would be a situation where one of the oxen gets lost, so he says, hey, maybe your share is gone, and therefore you don't lose anything. Now, it sounds like a very big Kiddush that according to Rabbi Shmuel, it wouldn't work that way. Rabbi Shmuel holds that you're a Baal right? You're really just a creditor. And the whole ox is just, um, the whole ox is just a lien to collect your, your point. But since it's just a compensation like a creditor, so if one of the oxen would become lost, then the Nizik would not lose his rights to compensation. That's where Rashi learns the Gemara. The Maestro Taisus disagrees. Taisus is even like Rabbi Shmuel. The Maestro, you're goyve migufo. It's a stark lien on them. So if one of them would get lost, you could say, hey, maybe your Sheba got lost. Just because the other one's there doesn't mean you could collect from it. So Taisus takes issue with Rashi. For Rashi, it seems to be that according to Rabbi Shmuel, since it's only a choyv that you have, therefore if one gets lost, so then, so, so then you still have the right to collect from the other one. Mashing and Rabbi Akiva, where the shot is that the way the Torah gives you collection is that you're automatically the owner and the one that did the damage. So then if one of them gets lost, you wouldn't be able to collect. So let's just make a summary. The language of the Mishra said, if you have two Tom and Oxen, one of the two did the damage. So both of them are liable. Both of them are liable means the that if both are here, then the Nizza can collect. Because, but if one of them would not be here, then is it cannot? Why? We're going like Rabbi Akiva. The way the, the payment happens is that you're automatically the owner of the ox that did damage. And if one of them is lost, so it could be you lost your compensation. You lost the thing that you're in a partner in. Who says that the one that remains is the one which is yours? Like Rabbi Shmuel, the halach would be different. Like Rabbi Shmuel, if one would get lost, you would still be able to collect from the other one. Hajjan Allah, Perik Aminiach. Continues the Mishnah here, and it's a direct continuation of what we're learning. Says the Mishnah, You have an ox that cores four or five oxen, one after the other, and the case is that it's still remaining a tom. How could it remain a tom if it's goring four or five times? Rashi explains, maybe it did it in a way that was like disparate ox. Like it didn't do a pattern. It was like it saw an ox, and then it saw an ox, and didn't core, and then it saw it, you know, like a bunch of times, yeah, a bunch of times not. So it didn't establish any pattern of behavior. So you have an ox that's, that, that's a tom, and it's four or five, four or five times that it's, uh, it's cored. So what's the halacha? So the Mishnah says a very puzzling statement. Yishalim la'achron shabahem. Who is the owner paying? So remember, short time, you pay from the kufashar, not from stam assets. So who do you pay? Who do you pay? You have four or five victims here. So the Mishnah says you pay to the last guy. The last victim is the one to get paid. So that seems to be a pelanoira. Why should it be that way? So the Gemara will explain. If the ox that gores is worth more than that payment, then So then the excess goes to the owner of the one that came before, meaning to the to the second to last ox to be gored, he will receive payment. If the ox that gored is worth more than the payment for both of the last two oxen, it goes to the third to last one to be gored. That's the rule. The rule is whoever is damaged later, he is the first one to benefit, right? He gets compensated first. Again, shocking, puzzling statement we'll have to understand in the Gemara. Rabbi Shimon Omer. Now, what's going on in Rabbi Shimon, just before we start, let's just get the clarity and the idea. Rabbi Shimon is going to hold like Rabbi Akiva. 
Rabbi Akiva holds what we just learned, that as soon as damage happens, how is the Nizek, what happens? He becomes the owner of the ox. Rabbi Shimon says that makes a very ironic point. That now makes that he's liable to watch the ox just as much as the original owner. It's a fascinating thing. You're the owner of it now. That's beautiful. It's your compensation. Well, now watch the ox. So actually the liability, once it gores once, if it gores the second time, the liability for the second one is on not only the original owner, but it's also on the first victim because he also should have been watching it at that point. So Rabbi Shimon Omer, so what's happening is that they split the damage. So now we spell out the math here. Shar, shavim, asam, shavim, 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 tam, ox, which is worth 200 zoos, gores an ox that's worth 200 zoos, vein, and an of a clum, assuming the carcass is worth nothing. So leave that variable out. So it's super simple. He's just taking zenotomana, zenotomana, the victim, the Nizik takes 100 zuz of the Tom's value as payment, and the owner has a mana of its value, right? 50-50, we're splitting it because chetzi nezik. So you have half the shar, I have half the shar. So now what happens? When there's a second goring which occurs, and it gores another ox, which is shav and sayim, worth 200 zuz. So let's think. So now that guy is owed 100. But of that 100, who is responsible? Half of it should come from the original owner, and half of it should come from the... From the first victim. So what's the halacha? Ha'achron no tomana. The owner of the last of the last ox that was gored takes a mana of the town's value. He gets his chetinezek. Avishalafanov, the owner of those preceding him, meaning the owner of the town and the first victim, they have to split that 100. Instead of the chamishim says, the chamishim says, this one takes 50 and this one takes 50 because they were each liable for not watching it when it gored the second time. So at that point, if we would just stop, it would be 50 50 between the owner and the first victim and 100 to the second victim. If the ox again gores another ox for 200. So now at this point, so you have three people who are responsible for the for the uh, for the for the for the third goring, and it, just to understand where their stakes was, it sounds like proportionate. Their stakes were the the, the second victim had half, and the owner and, their, and the first victim each had a quarter. So that plays out now in their degree of liability here for the next one hundred. The first, the owner and the first victim are responsible for a quarter. And the, the, the second victim is responsible for half. So now that he quartered again this fourth time, the owner of the last ox gets his 100. So how does that pay out now? So the, the, on the second victim is responsible to pay for half of that. So that means instead of having 100, he's going to go down to 50. Number three, the, the second last victim now will have 50 zoos. As the first two will now only have a dinner. A dinner is 25 zoos. A dinner of gold is 25 zoos apiece. So we say that each successive victim has part of the responsibility for the future gorings. And therefore, each is paying a portion of the new of the new claim. So originally, it was one hundred, one hundred. At that point, when it courted the second time, then we each have to have half responsibility for that. And the second victim had was taking his hundred. And now that courts again, the second victim has to pay has to pay half. And then the first two guys are going to pay um, twenty five apiece. So it ends up in that case that who gets paid? Interesting. It's like everyone get, ends up with something, but different amounts. The last victim number four gets a hundred. He has hundred in the ox. <clears throat> the second, second last victim has 50 in the ox, and the first victim and the owner have 25 zoos in a piece in the ox. And that's how it amounts to the total, the total of 200. Okay. Says the Gemara, let's try to examine Rameir. Remember, what in, so that's actually Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva seems to be what's being depicted in Rabbi Shimon, and it actually makes sense. It's, you have to think it through. It's a chiddish doubt. Once the damage occurs and you're the automatic owners, and then you're liable in Shmir, and when it occurs again, you have to split the damages. Okay, but we understand Rabbi, the second half of the Mishra. Shimon Nishlecht, we can understand. But, but the opening part of the mission, but Mayor, what in the world is talking about? Mayor was scoring multiple times, and he's saying, always pay the last guy. That opening part of the mission doesn't sound like Rabbi Shmuel or Rabbi Akiva. That, that all the victims are just creditors, right? The guy owes money. 
You're saying that the guy who gets damaged later benefits. That makes no sense. Rishon Rishon is going to be by that. Which is whoever is damaged earlier benefits. So in other words, it makes sense that they should, the, the claim should be settled in the order that they occurred. Whoever comes first generally has precedent. But the Mishnah is saying the opposite, that we give precedent to the guy who came last. How does that make sense? It doesn't go like Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel, but you Rabbi Akiva. If you like Rabbi Akiva, it also doesn't make sense because Amr Torah What happens is, is that the Nizik becomes a partner with the Mazik. So, 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 so it doesn't make sense what the language of the Mishnah is. Why? Because why did the Mishnah say that if the ox that gored was worth more than the half payment, it should be returned to the owner of the one that came before it. The Mishnah should have said it's returned to all of them. I mean, the language of the Mishnah is it goes back to the one who came before him. So, so what, 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 what's the pshat in that? According to Rabbi Akiva, they should, they, should, they should have both been liable to watch the shar, and it should have been responsibility of uh, the shared responsibility, just the way the Rabbi Shimon did it. So in other words, what, what are you saying? Once the last guy gets paid, so then all the payment goes to the next guy before? No, it shouldn't be that. He's also somewhat liable for, for that payment. It shouldn't, the law should have been somewhat on him, as Rabbi Shimon depicted. Again, Rabbi Shimon makes a lot of sense, that all the coins that keep on, happen are, that keep on happening are shared between the owner and the victim. Proportionally, as the, as the Mishnah illustrated. But it's not what the Rebbe Mayor was saying in the ratio. Rebbe Mayor said something else, that if there's excess once the last guy gets paid, then all of it goes to the guy before. If there's excess from that, then more to the guy before. So you see clearly that there's no responsibility on those guys for not watching it. So clearly we're not going like Rebbe Akiva, quote like Rebbe Akiva, they're, they're an owner in the ox, so the responsibility should be shared. So I'm a rabble, all Rebbe Shmuel, Rebbe Balachovas, and we're going to Rebbe Shmuel that they're Balachovas. So this that you're about, I don't understand why is the guy with the last damage getting it first? What are we dealing with? The case is like this. After the damage occurred, what happened was is that the Nizik ran and he seized the ox. He grabbed the ox just to collect damage. He's not allowed to do that. It's not, really, it's just he has a lien on it. But he went and he seized it. And once he does that, so who's the liability on when it guards? Only him. Nasa love Kishomer Sakhan is He's like a paid shomer in regard to acts of damage. If you're being paid to watch something and it damages, all the responsibility is on you. He's like a shomer sakhar. He's not really being paid. But the point is he's benefiting from his seizing of the ox because it makes it more like collectible to get his damage. Right? He's got the, all the leverage now that he's holding it. So the case is that let's just go through it. First the damage happened, but then the victim ran and he seized the ox. And he was not he was watching it properly, he was negligent and court somebody else. So who is who now has to pay? For that second one, only the first, only the first victim, not the owner. And then that keeps on playing out. So now we understand when the cycle is repeating itself. When the second victim now goes and seizes the ox and heals a lot of damage, so he pays for the damage completely by forfeiting his rights over to the th- over to the third victim. So that now makes sense. The one who damaged last is the one to receive all the compensation. So for dealing with the case that the victim grabbed the ox, what did the mission say? Yeshmo Moser, if there's if the ox that gored is worth more than the half payment of the last guy, so the access goes back to the one that was damaged before him. That's not shouldn't be true. Just go back to the original owner. Meaning that, that the, the the idea is that it's totally, totally, totally on the victim. That, 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 that he didn't watch it. So once something is collected from the ox, it, if there's excess, it shouldn't go to the victim before him. Akarity should have forfeited all he had and it should go back everything to the owner here because all of, the, all of what was paid was the responsibility of those people who, were, who, who didn't watch it properly once they grabbed it. So if anything, there's a, they, they are all forfeiting 
forfeiting their rights to compensation by paying off the guy before. So this is what he was saying, meaning if the damages are more, meaning if the damages of the second to last victim were more than the damages owed to the final victim, then then the excess returned to the second to last ox. And others in Tona, we've been assuming it was the same, you know, every person de- deserved $100, which so just keeps on the cycle works. Yes, you're right, Mr. First Victim, I would have given you $100, but now that you didn't watch it, and of course somebody else, so that $100, now you have to owe him and him. Mars explaining, yeah, but what if the last damage, let's say, was only $10, and the guy before him was owed $20, and the guy before him was 30 and 40 So then that excess they would still get, because their liability for not watching it once they seized it was only for the smaller amount. So if there's anything left, then it would go back to the one before. That's the understanding of what the Mishnah was saying. So let's hazard over what Remeyer's point is. Remeyer holds like Rabbi Shmuel. They're Baal Lechovas. So the responsibility to watch it really would have been still on the owner. But the case is, that what Remeyer was talking about is that the, the, the victims went and seized the ox, which now shifts the liability of who to watch it completely upon them. So if the damages were all equal, first victim, second, and third victim, so then what would happen would be they're each forfeiting their rights for compensation for their negligence not paying, and then only the last guy would get it. If there's any, anything excess in the ox, would go back to the owner. That would be the halacha. The Mishnah was spelling out that if the last damages were a little bit, and there was the, the, but the damages of the second to last victim were greater than that, then he would still collect on those excesses. That would be what the Mishnah is saying, reflecting the view of Rabbi Ishmael. Because we're going to Mishmael, we have to learn up that the whole Mishnah is going because of Shia negligence that happened from the guy watching it. How do you interpret the Mishnah of Rabbi Shmuel? It's going like Rabbi Shmuel. But then what was the whole end of the Mishnah? The end of the Mishnah was Rabbi Shimon's whole cheshbin. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, over 200. Ox were 200, gores and ox were 200, and the carcass were nothing. So what do we say? The Nizik has 100 zoos in the Tom's value, and the owner has 100 zoos in the, in the Tom's value. When they court again, worth 200 zoos. So what do we say? The second victim takes a man of a shalafana of the owner of the Tom and the first victim. Split that. As we explained, because the liability is shared between them. Why? Because we hold like Rabbi Akiva in that part of the Mishnah. And so therefore, once the first victim owns a share of the ox, he has to watch it together with the owner. So when it gored the second time, that 100 is mutal 50-50 on both. And then when there was a third victim, another 200 zoos that was damaged. So that third victim takes a full mana. So that responsibility is split three ways. Half of it is on the is on the uh, second victim, and the first victim and the owner are of a quarter. So we see what's going on in the Mishnah is we're going like Rabbi Akiva. The ox, his cord is belonging to both partners. The victims automatically have a share in it, so therefore they're liable also for the for for, for any damage. So what's going on if you really break it down is Rashi Rabbi Shmuel was say for Rabbi Akiva. It's a funny thing. Rabbi Meir was following the view Rabbi Shmuel talking about what happens if right after the damage the Nizik seizes it, and therefore he's the only one which is liable because he becomes like the Shomer Sacher, the whole Shtikl that we said. Then the end of the mission is talking about where it wasn't seized, but we're going like Rabbi Akiva, and the case is that they become jointly uh, liable because they each were negligent because they're, they're both partners in it. So that sounds like a little funny. So the says, Amri in. Yeah, that's what's going on. So I leave the mission alone, follow me. Reish, Rabbi Shmuel, Seifa, Rabbi Akiva. Okay, and the Gemara just says, in Marnami, about the Machalgas, Rameyer and Reb Shimon, or Biochon, Hikdish, and Ezekiel, and A practical difference between Rameyer and Reb Shimon would be if the victim consecrates the ox. According to Rameyer, it's not consecrated. Why? Because the victim is not a partner in the animal. You can't make it Kadosh. Whereas, according to Reb Shimon, it is partially Kadosh because he was like Rabbi Akiva, and therefore it's Kadosh. We see from Rabbi Yochanan's statement, Machalgas, Rameyer, and Reb Shimon is really Machalgas, Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Akiva. So it makes sense. That's exactly what's going on here. So it, it, it's a bit bizarre. Like everything you would think of the Mishnah should be the opposite. Like if you were writing, the Mishnah, you would say, if there's a bunch of damages, whoever came first gets his back first. 
Really, essentially, that's true according to Rabbi Shmuel. The Mishnah happens to be talking about a wacky case that it was seized by the Nizik and it becomes totally liable. That's the ratio. And the Seifa, the Fira, Akiva, it's going to become joint liability between the victim and the owner for any future corings because of the fact that they're partners and therefore they both should have been watching it together. Says the Mishnah, our new discussion, we're going to connect it to our Mishnah. Someone screams into the ear of his friend. So this is very, you know, humiliating here. So, so there's a payment that he owes him. Knows and knows he pays him a sella for Boshes. Okay, sell us for dinner. Whereas the other opinion, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi is a hundred dinner. It's a huge difference there, right? Okay. So the says, There was a person who screamed into the ear of his friend. sent him to be for judgment in front of Rav Yosef. So he had the following question. The Mishnah said, Sela. There's two types of Sela. Is it Sela or Tsuri? Is it the, the Sela of a, a, the, the, the country called Suri, which is equal to four Zos? In Suri, they had pure silver for their Sela. So it was pure silver, it was four Zos worth. Or Sela Medina. Maybe it's a Sela which is used out in the Medina, a different country, which is the equivalent actually of only one half of Zos. One half of Azuz. The Sela Medina they had a lot of copper mixed into it. So its general, its value was one eighth of Sela Tsuri. So it just said Sela. So we always want to know is it Sela Medina or Sela, or sela Tsuri? So it's half Azuz or is it four Azuz? Amalei, Tanitua, we could tell from our Mishnah. What happened with our whole case of the Mishnah? The last guy, remember the whole case where Shimon, so it was the last guy was taking a mana. The guy before him took 50 Zuz. And then what about the two guys before him? The Mishnah said they each take a dinner Zuz. And a dinner Zuz was 25 Zuz apiece. And the Mishnah stopped there. Like the Mishnah didn't go weiter. If you think about it, let's cheshben weiter. It's not so. It's not so hard. Why don't we make the next guy? What if the ox cord again? So what's really going to happen is it's going to be 50, 25, 25, 25, and then it should go down to 12 and a half, 12 and a half. Why didn't the Mishnah do that? Why did the Mishnah stop at twenty five? Twenty five is a nice number. Sala Medina. If the Mishnah would ever speak about something that has a half zuz, knows a trace of a sella. We should have gone and taught the case of twelve and a half. You know why the Mishnah didn't do that? Because the Tana never speaks about half zuzim. So without, if, you, if you divide 25 and 2, if you make another going, so it's going to turn them into 12 and a half, but I'm going to speak about halves. So now that we're bringing, that's what we try to bring out the right from the mission. We don't speak about halves. So when the mission said Sela over there, it must have been Sela Tsuri, because Sela Medina would have been a half as those, and we don't want to speak about halves. That's the point that we're making. So that's why we're learning this. So I'm a lady. No, it's not a right. Tanaki Rochel of Eliza. What is the, the, the Mishnah? should say a bunch of cases like a peddler. Peddler counts us as going. You know, a bunch of. We get the point. We get the point. You can stop at 25. To illustrate what would be another going, you figure it out yourself. We, we spoke about three victims. That was enough. We don't have to illustrate the fourth goring. So therefore, there's no proof. So the Gemara wants to know now, Mami Allah, what is the halacha when the Tanam say Salah? So resolve it from the statement of Yudam Arav. You might remember this from Kedushin Yidalf. Whenever the Torah says a specified amount of silver in the Torah, it's Kesef Tzuri. Whenever the Rabbanon speak about Kesef, in other words, it's a, it's a Din Rabbanon, like in our case, the Rabbanon made up the shear to pay a sellout for striking a person on the ear, then you assume it's Kesef of Medina. So therefore we're coming out that the correct shear in the, over there in the Mishnah was really a Kesef Medina, only a half of Azuz. Says the Gemara, Amalu Abu Gava. So now we heard about this whole thing. It's only a half a Zuz. You know, I'm not even interested. Meaning the victim is like, he's like, you think I'm going to go collect my half a Zuz? You know, it's beneath me. So just give it to the poor. Then he went back and he retracted. He said to Yosef, actually give it to me. Let me go, you know, treat myself with that uh, half a Zuz. He says, no, it's too late. Once you said that it should go to the poor, then the Anim were already coned. There were no poor people. There was no Kenyan. Anan Yadnim Tanan, we, meaning I, Raf Yosef, 
I'm like a trustee of the Amagabite stock on down. I'm like the hands of the poor, and I was Kona, the money on their behalf. Very interesting. Since he was a Gabbai, he had a Kenyan, he was able to do uh, to do such a thing. Now, there's a whole question of very good, the party was there, but but where was the Maisa Kenyan? So, Pashtas, we showed him learn up. Remember, we learned in Gitin about Maimich Lashdan. Maimich Lashdan, in the presence of three, is where the creditor says, in the presence of the debtor in a third party, that he wants to transfer the debt to the third party. And then instead, of, 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 and then Taka looks that way, that he should pay the third party instead of paying the lender. So in this case, the poor are the third party. So if Yosef is, is the trustees, he's in their place. So basically the guy said, transfer the half debt Zoz over to over to Rav Yosef. So whatever it was, Chal, even without any, you know, Mashiach or Hagbah, and now it's too late. So we're saying, very big Chiddush, that the Gavite Stalka is treated as the, like, the Mamal Makom of what the Aniyam are themselves. Where do we get this from? The Ravidah Marshmuel, Yisomim, some don't need a prisbal. But right, Shemitah, the end, to, to, to circumvent the cancellation of debt, you don't need that. Why? Because we say that the court is automatically the hand of the orphans. So if the court can act on behalf of the orphans without their knowledge, so too the Gabbai Tzedakah acts for the poor. Um, are like the, the fathers of the orphans. So that's like, just a little story here. The wicked person, he, 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 he hit someone to the ear. Also, because of Boshes. He had a Zuz in his pocket. He didn't want to go get changed. He wanted to give him only half a Zuz, but no one was there to change it. So what's he supposed to do? So he gave him another hit. And that's how he gave him the full Zuz. It's like a bad story. It was half a Zuz. Oh, I don't keep the change and just uh, hit him again.